This morning, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about perspective. Uh, That's what this morning's message is about. It's not a long message. It's not a complicated message. Uh, We don't really do that here. Our way is kind of simple. I would like to talk to you for just a minute about perspective. And you can see uh, in that video that it was more than a softball game that day. It was more than a conference championship. Uh, There was something greater there. There was an element uh, of who we are that was exhibited there that was greater than a softball game. And if you go out to the new A League of Our Own field in the next seven weeks, you'll, you'll see the same thing. Something that's much greater than a baseball game being played. You'll see something that's much deeper, much more intimate, much more life-changing and moving and stirring in your heart. And you can see something that's there that just from an outsider looking in may, may miss and may not see. We endure this kind of thing all the time as human beings that walk on this earth. You know, there's some people that, that kind of treat their relationship with Jesus that way. They just look on the surface. They just maybe walk in a church door every once in a while. Uh, they, they, they may open a Bible every once in a while or may decide to pray uh, on rare occasion. But let me tell you something. That if you open your heart and you look deeper, if you actually allow yourself to see them some things that you may not have seen before, if you will allow yourself to have the blinders taken off and you will open your eyes to what Jesus Christ can do in your life, I promise, I promise you that you will have a new and a changed perspective. But it requires you to do something. We can't just sit there and go, okay, well, I'm here. I just, I'm ready to show me something. It requires you to allow your heart to be open, allow your ears to be open to what God has to say to you and what he's trying to do in your life. It requires you to do something because you can't walk out there uh, at at 2 o'clock this afternoon and just see a bunch of people and experience the greatness that is there. You have to open your heart and open your eyes and take the blinders off and see just how amazing it is what is going to transpire as they dedicate that field at 2 o'clock this afternoon. The same thing applies in your life. Uh, the same thing applies to your perspective and, and what you allow yourself to see. We have trouble, right? So this, in this world, we have all kinds of problems. We have difficulties. We have struggles. Some of us more than others, admittedly. Some of us have more struggles than others. That's reality. That's the world we live in. Sometimes we feel beat down. We feel like that all the work that we're putting in is not accomplishing anything. We're just simply spinning our wheels and we're not getting anywhere. Uh, we, we feel like that, that somebody close to us may have died or, or somebody met close to us may have an illness or a sickness or a disease or something that is outside of our control and it's not accomplishing anything. All we're doing, it was like we're, we're fighting against something that, that, that's, that's there and it's not getting us anywhere. We're not accomplishing anything. Let me encourage you to allow the blinders to be taken off. To, to allow God to do something great in your life through the difficulties, the trials, the trouble that you endure every single day. It will lighten the load in a way that you cannot put into words. It it will transform everything about you if you allow those difficulties to do so. And, And that's what 
Paul talks to us about in 2 Corinthians. And that's where we're going to be today in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I promise to be brief. Beginning in verse uh, 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says this. It says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. So listen to the next verse and see if this is you at some point in time. Maybe it's you right now. Maybe this is a place that you're in right now. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles. You feel like the world's caving in on you sometimes? Like, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's like everything's coming at you all at one time, and you don't necessarily know what to do with it. You may, or like, are fighting against something that, that doesn't seem to go away. It's like day after day after day. It just, it's there, and it's real, and it's a reality. And you feel like the weight of the world is crushing you. Like it's pressing down on you. You literally have something on your shoulders that is keeping you from being able to take a full breath every day. Some of you are at that place. So we are pressed on every side by troubles. But, it goes on to say in that verse, but we are not crushed. You may feel like it's pressing down on you, but you are not destroyed. You are not crushed. You are not taken away. Says we are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Listen to what it says: Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death. But this has not resulted, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All this is for your benefit. And, this, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. Listen to what he says. That is why we never give up. That is the reason we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits being re, are being renewed day by day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory and vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at our at troubles. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, and the things that cannot we cannot see will last forever. So here is what Paul is saying to us. He says, You have difficulties. You have struggles. You, you, you see in your life the, the, how hard it is to live in this world that, that we live in. And he says, day by day by day, you have these things pressing on you, but we are not crushed, we are not destroyed, we are, we are not to the point of despair because we see something in that. 
We see something that is beyond right here and right now to a place of eternity and eternal glory. What he's saying is, is you are storing up, as you endure these trials, you are storing up glory for God. That God is getting glory from this. Uh, that you are storing up an eternal weight of glory is what Paul says. For us, sometimes it seems like as these things go on and on and on in our life, that they're not accomplishing anything. But here's how they are. Here's how they are accomplishing something for his kingdom. It's by you recognizing that this is transforming you. This is changing you. This is making you new. This is doing something inside of you that you can't necessarily see now. See, for us, it seems like forever because we're here and, and, and we're looking at right now and we say, this is never going away. It's never going to come to an end, but it does. And, and I, I tell you this from my own experience. You see, about seven years ago, my daughter passed away from cancer. She had a brain tumor and, and we fought that for about 15 months. Chemo, radiation, the whole nine yards, we, we, we fought it. And there were days where I thought, Oh my goodness, how am I ever, how am I ever going to last? And she did. She went on to an eternal glory to be with her father in heaven and who loved her more than I ever could. But from time to time, we still feel like it happened yesterday. From time to time, we, we feel like it, it just happened yesterday and, and the weight of all of that presses in on us. That's reality, folks. I wish I could tell you that, that it's not. I wish I could tell you that because I'm a pastor that it all goes away and everything gets easy. Uh, that I'm able to pray enough so that it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. I'm able to, to read the Bible enough so I don't cry. That's not the case. I wish I could tell you that it is. It's not the case. There are many days when I feel like I'm right back at day one and I'm having to start all over again with the, the healing process. One day, Shortly after Kenneth had passed away, my wife and I were out. Uh, I, I don't know if we were planting flowers or pruning stuff or whatever. We were out in the yard. I remember it distinctly being out in the yard. And, and we just had a moment. We had one of those moments where everything comes just like a flood, just right back on top of you. And we were just weeping, just out in the yard, just crying our eyes out because we were hurting so bad. And my wife looked at me. She said, Will this pain last forever? And I said, God spoke to me. I mean, there's sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and it is like He is right here. And this is this is what God said. He said, There may be pain in this life, but it won't last forever. There's a difference between this life and forever. Sometimes we forget that, do we not? Sometimes we think that right here, right now, is all that's ever going to be. And we forget to lift our gaze from here and start looking to heaven. If you are in this place of despair and you feel like you're being crushed from all sides, there is only one method of escape and that happens to be up. That happens to be outside of this place and and what we worry ourselves with and and burden ourselves with every single day. And as you do that, as you lift your gaze up, as Paul says, that is when you find the freedom. That is when you are able to say, you know what, this is not my home. This is not my permanent residence. This is a place that I live, but this is not who I am. 
This is just simply a place that I'm going to reside for a little while. And once you recognize that, you can see that all of these things that are happening around us that look like destruction are actually, they're actually just, just transforming and molding and shaping us and, and bringing glory to our Father who is in heaven. Just like we commissioned these kids this morning to, to let their light so shine before men that they glorify their Father which is in heaven. You understand that as you stand strong in the face of adversity and you lift your gaze to God and you say, that is where my home is and it is not here, it is not right now. And when people see that and they see that in you, all of a sudden, all of a sudden the blinders come off and you're able to see the glory of God in a way that you can't even recognize otherwise. We miss it. And there are so many people walking around this this earth today So many people walking around, acting like they've got it all together, acting like nothing's wrong in their life when the the whole world is crushing in around them and and they're, they're acting like everything's together. And then when they go home and lay down in their bed at night, they feel like they're about to come apart. They feel like they don't know what to do with their lives. They feel like there's never any end to the suffering. There's never any end to the pain. My word of encouragement for you to be would lift your gaze to heaven, lift your gaze up. And as you do that, I promise you, what what looks like forever will just be a short period of time. As you begin to look at eternity, you can see that what we endure right now is just for a short period of time. It says, the the psalmist says, I believed God, so I spoke. I believe, you know what we're required to do is, as, as we allow ourselves to be transformed, as we allow God to do these things in our life, you know what we're to do? We're to speak. And what are we to say? We're to say that, you know what, our, tr- our trials and our troubles right now are only temporary, that there's a time coming where there will be no more weeping, nor crying, nor sorrow. There's coming a time we don't have to worry about those things that right now, even though it looks difficult and it looks like we're going to meet our doom and meet our end, that our bodies are dying, what we have is eternal life. What we have is life. What we have is eternity with our Father who is in heaven. Our requirement, as the blinders come off, as, as we begin to see what God is doing, as we begin to see how glorious God is, even in the midst of our trials, you know what we're supposed to do? We are to speak. <laughs> That's what the psalmist did over and over again, was, was simply speak about the glory of God. If you read the psalms, you'll find that there are times when the psalmist is in this, this place of despair. It feels like, man, we're on the edge of just being destroyed. There are enemies pressing down on us and, and difficulties right here at our doorstep. And then all of a sudden, there's like this transformation that happens right in the middle of the psalm. And he starts praising God, starts talking about how good God is and how wonderful God is. How his enemies will be destroyed. He doesn't have to worry about those things anymore. You know why? Because he's looking to eternity, looking beyond right here, right now, and looking to eternity. And because of that, his current trials and troubles, they just seem like they're that big. God is transforming us through our difficulties. God is is shaping us, getting us ready so that we can be lights for him, so that we can be, uh, bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, I, I, I asked them not to put this on the screen because I wanted to read this to you. Uh, in, in Romans chapter 5, we find Paul, once again, just talking about the very difficulties that we face in life and, and how our faith can bring us joy. 
So I'm just going to simply read this to you and let you absorb it. In verse 3 of Romans chapter 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us uh, develop endurance. Endurance uh, develops strength of character. And character strengthens our, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save for us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. The worst tragedy, a worse tragedy than, than seeing people that don't have the blinders taken off, that walk around in, in, um, in the state of despair and they don't allow themselves to see what God is doing in their lives. They don't allow themselves to see that their trials are actually producing an eternal weight of glory. The worst tragedy than that is the fact that, that people walk around with the blinders of sin on their life. That they don't, they've never fully given their life to Jesus Christ. They've never fully surrendered their life to God. So because of that, they walk around with the chains of sin. They walk around with the, the bonds and, uh, uh, of their sin still attached to them. And they can't experience the freedom that exists within Jesus Christ. It's because Jesus Christ came to set us free. It says that, that at the perfect time, Christ died. It says that, that most people, they, they might die for a good person. But Jesus died for you when you were at your worst. When you sit there and think about your worst sin and the, the most vile thing that you've done in your life, that's the person that Jesus died for. You see, Jesus didn't die for a bunch of people that are sitting in here celebrating a league of our own. Jesus died for you at your worst point in your life. Not you sitting in a church pew or in a church chair. Jesus died for you at your worst point. And because of that, when you recognize that, the only thing you have to do to be set free from those bonds and those chains and the guilt that you feel from that vile, awful person that you are, the only thing that you have to do is the same thing that Paul keeps saying, and that is to lift your gaze, to look up towards heaven and the one who has set you free, the one who died for you at your worst of your worst of your worst. That's the person Jesus died for. And there are people walking around still with the bonds of chains, around, bonds of sin around them like chains, and they have no sense of freedom. It's a tragedy that people are doing that. And there's one way to be set free, and that is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. To say, yes, I confess before the whole world that, that Jesus died for me. And because of his sacrifice for him dying at the, exactly the right time, when, when I was at my worst, my most vile condition in my life, that's the person Christ died for. When you recognize that, that is the only way that you can be set free. 
And, and when that happens, the blinders come off and you see, man, indeed, I can look to eternal glory. I can look, for etern- look forward to eternity because I know where I will be. I know that I have nothing to fear in this life. And I know that this place is only a temporary home. In the book, Choosing to See by Mary Beth Chapman, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman is, is a very famous Christian music artist. Uh, he and his wife had adopted a, a little girl named Maria, and she was killed at five years old. Uh, what's worse than that is that she was killed at five years old by her older brother. Um, inadvertently, there was an accident that happened at their house, and, and And he was driving the car, and and he killed his little adopted sister when she was five years old. And and she wrote a book, Mary Beth Chapman, the mother, she wrote a book about her experiences there. And she wrote a book about what what God was able to show them through all of those difficult times. It's called Choosing to See. And in your life, you have a choice about what you choose to see. You have a, a way that you can view things. Let me tell you what Mary Beth Chapman said. I I I jotted down a quote from her book, Choosing to See. It says, the truth is, I was born with a plan. I wanted a life, I wanted life to be safe and predictable. My plan was to marry someone with a nice nine to five schedule and have a tidy, organized life, everything under control. She says, absolutely none of that came true. And if it had, if I had lived the life that I thought I wanted, I know I wouldn't have experienced the grace or the miracles of God in the ways that I have. What I have found is that it is in the most unlikely times and the places of hurt and chaos that God gives us a profound sense of his presence and the real light of his hope in the dark places. There are people living in dark places right now. There may be people in this room that are are living in a place that feel like, man, this world is crushing around me. There is only one way to be set free. That is the name of Jesus. There is no other name that will will, uh, set you free, that will break those bonds. There's no other name that, that will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. There is only one, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything that ails you. It may not be that everything that ails you right here in this life, but everything that ails you for eternity. Allow yourself to have the blinders taken off and see the trials and difficulties and and circumstances in your life right now that make you feel like you are dying. Allow those things to help you take your gaze to eternity. Let me pray and we'll just have a time for people to respond and pray and allow God to speak to them. Father, thank you so much. Father, for this word, thank you so much for how Paul encourages us that that even though our bodies are dying, even though we're we're facing the the death of ourselves every single day, even though that is on our minds so many times, God, that we we can focus on eternity. We can focus away from the right here, right now. We can focus on eternity, but that only comes through Jesus. Lord, there's something greater going on in a league of our own than, than just a bunch of kids playing baseball. There, there's a glory that, that comes from that for your kingdom, God, that is beyond description. Lord, but some people miss that. Just like some people miss the difficulties in their life, the, the, the hard situations in their life, the fact that there is glory. There, you, 
They are storing up an eternal weight of glory for you and for your kingdom. God, I pray that we wouldn't be people that miss that. I pray that we would be people that are humbled by it. And we are grateful for it. And we can rejoice in our suffering because we know that there is, there is a, a great purpose to it all. It is not all for nothing. It is all for something. And that something is you. So, Lord, I, I pray for the people that are hurting right now. God, I, I pray that you heal their hearts. God, help them to lift their gaze to you. God, and then for somebody that may, may not be a Christian, maybe they need to talk to somebody. I, I don't know. I would love to talk to somebody that wants to know what it means to be a Christian. I'd love to tell them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. God, for that person, Lord, I pray especially for them. God, maybe they've been playing games and they, they you know, they, they pray every once in a while and they, they read their Bible every once in a while because they think it'll get them out of situations. And it's not because they love you. It's just because they want something from you. Lord, I pray for that person, God, that you would open their hearts to the fact that you are glorious, God, and you deserve, <laughs> you deserve our every praise, our every bit of love and worship that we have. God, whatever you need to do in these people's lives, God, I pray that you would do it all for your glory. God, I pray that you bring healing to people, and I pray that you bring an awakening to people. Father, thank you so much for a league of our own. Thank you so much for these people that are gathered here. God, be glorified in this time. We just sing your praises and let you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen.